Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At the back of my mind, I think my expectation was that I've, you know, I've got a decent degree, you know, English, um, from a decent university, I'm going to be fine. I kind of picture myself working maybe in a, in PR or marketing, I'd have decent pay and, you know, my friends would be in London doing the same thing and everything would be fine. I didn't think I would struggle to get a job or anything like that. Um, but yes, the reality was very different. <laughs> okay, we are recording. We are the voice. Of the under 25s. I'm currently um, shut myself in the toilet. How on earth do you become a lolliologist? <laughs> the bag with my blood in it. My blood. Our stories, what we think, the truth. And how long have you been sort of on the streets? Uh, on and off for a year. We got told that he was killed in a motorcycle accident. If we can't create a ginger army to take over the world, then we can at least lobby the government for tax free sun cream. Podium.me. This is your platform graduating, basically jumping into the terrifying world of real life. Listen to these stories about what people have done once they've thrown their hats and had those embarrassing photos taken with a bit of paper that doesn't really mean anything. So I went to the University of Manchester and there I studied English, linguistics and literature. We had a really great time at university but didn't think about leaving university till quite late on. I didn't really think about what I was going to do with my life after I'd graduated, which is quite a bad thing considering the whole point of university is to help you, give you that extra bump up um, when you go out into the real world. Um, But I was just too preoccupied on having a lovely time. So when I did end up leaving university, I was thinking, right, what am I going to do? And I'd enjoy, I'd done a bit of student radio. I thought that was really good fun. It was really challenging. It was quite scary, but I enjoyed it. So maybe... That's what I'm going to pursue. I was, that was the extent of my thought process, actually, just because it was fun. So because I, I didn't go down, like, the conventional, like, kind of structured route of a lot of my friends did, a lot of my friends did graduate schemes or something similar. So they had, like, you know, a structured trainee per- training period and then went into something, you know, which paid and there was progression and they knew what they were doing. Uh, so because I didn't do that, I've had a variety weird places to work I mean I've worked for a company where you weren't allowed to have water bottles on the table on the desk where you're working um and you weren't allowed to put your coats on the back of the chairs you had to like hide them away in this cupboard and you also apparently I heard this like pretty much on kind of near to my the end of my time there there was one color that you weren't allowed to wear it was banned but no one knew what color it really was but they just knew there was a color that was banned so that was pretty strange. Um, I also did some time with a community radio station um, where they were just so wonderfully chaotic. They'd text me and give me about an hour's notice and say, right, can you cover the radio station from 9 at night to 11 at night? Uh, you've got two hours of airtime to fill live. And they would just say the key's under the, the, key's under the mat. So I'd turn up 
unlock the radio station and have to literally talk un- with no preparation for two hours. Um, but these weren't paid, so I was finding it really hard to find something that actually paid me money um, so I could live off something. So I thought, right, next next move would be to um, to find a job, you know, just a stopgap job that paid me some money while I figured out what my next move was. And through a friend of a friend, I ended up getting a receptionist role at a high-end car dealership in in the middle of London. So my role was to sit up in the showroom, answering the phone calls to people who wanted to buy new cars or complain about their car or, you know, something else, and then just be smiley and lovely to anyone who, who walked into the showroom. And this was just, this was great for the first two months. I had, I worked with a great team of people. I was getting paid um, it wasn't what I wanted to do, but it was just perfect for, for that time where I was trying to figure out what to do next. There was one gentleman who didn't like working on a Friday afternoon, so would make up different excuses and lies every Friday about why he wasn't going to be there. It might be a meeting the other side of London or you know, having to deliver a car miles out of London so he couldn't be back in the office which were all lies. He was just going to the pub or going to see a friend or something. And I would have to, all these customers walking in to see him, I would have to just go along with these lies and just, you know, tell them, yeah, no, no, he's not going to be in. And just fingers crossed that no one noticed. We had a manager who I think definitely suffered from a mild case of a OCD or just extreme tidiness. And in the customer loo, every morning would go in and fold the loo roll so the end of it was pointy. So it was like what you'd find, I don't know, maybe like in a really smart hotel or something, which is fine. That's really great. I'm sure customers would appreciate that. But none of the customers used that loo. So every morning he'd turn the loo roll into triangles and I was the only one that used the loo. So I got this, you know, star treatment for absolutely no purpose whatsoever. And it was extremely busy. So some of the days I would be answering the phone pretty much non-stop as in the calls would just back up and back up and I was answering the phones answering the phones and I got so bored of constantly you know good morning Kate speaking good afternoon Kate speaking that sometimes I'd do a funny accent and see if people would notice or sometimes I'd sing sing it um and see if anyone notices and most of the time people didn't and it was quite embarrassing when people did and they caught me out so there's nothing wrong like I had nothing no issue with the role. There's nothing wrong with being a receptionist. It's just not what I wanted to do. And sooner or later, like two months turned into four months and four months has turned into six months. And suddenly I'm like, oh my goodness, I've been here eight months. This is just meant to be a temporary thing. I started to feel like quite trapped and it was just horrible feeling that I completely drifted off course to what I intended to do in the first place. So I'd set out, you know, leaving university, being like, right, here, here goes, I'm going to get a job in radio, it's all going to be great. And it had been going so well. I did internships with some really, in some really great places. I did an internship at the BBC as well. And then suddenly I was here answering phone calls to people who, you know, had a puncture in their tyre and were yelling me down the phone. I was just, just had a moment where I was like, oh, I really need to sort this out. This is... This is not what I intended for myself when I left university. Um, So from that point on, I started 
you know, reality was kind of hitting me hard. <laughs> so I started applying for other jobs, anything I could find with the really weird variety of things I'd done within radio. And then suddenly I was working at a car dealership. So managing to twist that into a CV was a bit of a struggle. But it all turned out okay in the end. And I've managed to get a job with a radio advertising company. So today is my last day with the car dealership. And I'm going to miss the people loads, but I am not going to miss that telephone. I'm not going to miss rude customers. And I'm excited to be getting back on track um, and, like, you know, doing what I actually, actually want to do. So I think go in the future, I'd probably, if I find myself drifting off course again, I, um, I probably won't panic as much as I did because it always, it always turns out okay in the end, even if you can't really see it. We all know what it feels like to have your dream job just out of reach. Our journalist Beth went to speak to someone who found her dream job, and it's not a job that many of us have heard of. So, uh, Moosh, yeah. that's your nickname? That's my nickname, yeah, they gave it to me, they uh, can pronounce my name. And who are they? <laughs> Tell me who they are. A really great company called Likalix, they make natural healthy ice lollies. Tell me a little bit about Likalix and what you're doing at Likalix. Yeah, well, Likalix, they're making really, really the greatest natural handmade ice lollies and they make it with all fresh fruit, good ingredients, a little bit of sugar to get out the taste because when lollies frozen, taste changes and just need a little bit, but it's really good. Tell me what your job is at Likalix. <laughs> the lollyologist. That's probably yes. the best job title in yeah, the world. in the world, yeah, yeah. It comes from mixologists. They make the cocktails, I make the lollies, so yeah, that makes lollyologists. Yeah. So talk me through what a lollyologist does. Well, a lollyologist is basically coming up with all the new great flavours. We start with this massive brainstorm, best it works if, it, if we just do it all together, like sit with each other and make up new flavours and get great ideas. Flavour testing, yeah, yeah. We do it all together, so we just have lollies with great days going around and then we get, give each other feedback. What do we need to change? And it's really cool. So how do you come up with the flavors? <clears throat> well, um, well, first of all, you just start looking around in the market. What's there? What new flavors are there? Food is always on the move, always new things. And it's really great to work with new ideas and you can get inspiration everywhere. So we just, yeah, start looking at that and then we come up with some ideas and we see which ingredients we need and just work out a new recipe. What's your favorite lolly flavor that you've created? Um, well, I have to say it's not really a difficult question. We have one with banana, chocolate and sea salt. It's the best, it's really good. It's like the perfect combination of like fruity, salty and chocolate, which is always good. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So when you're actually Testing, okay, so not the testing when you've got the ice lolly made, but yeah. when you're making the ice lolly. How mm -hmm. does that work? You're all in the kitchen. Well, how does it happen? Well, we, we just, we first start with a recipe. Just get some, like, it's not really refined yet. Just see, like, what do we need and how much do we think we need. And just start testing that out. Um, and we do on smaller scale the testing, like one or two lollies. So we can uh, freeze them in the lolly machine and then get them out tasting. And then it's basically, well, seeing how it worked out. And on forehand, we also look into like when you use 
different kinds of fruit, it changes when you freeze it, or color changes, or what do we need to add? So if you work with avocado, you have to add some lemon. Can you tell us why? Yeah, because it doesn't turn like brown. Ooh. Yeah, the lemon keeps it fresh and green. So, so those are like the little tricks you need to know and you go forehand. So you don't have to like, you don't spill one testing round. You just know it is on forehand and you try it out. How did you get this job? How on earth do you become a lolliologist? <laughs> well, um, well, Google was a good help. <laughs> yeah, I needed to get a, um, an internship abroad for school. And I just started looking everywhere. Like, you have to. It's really hard to find something that suits you, fits you, and you really like. I just came across a website that was, like, under construction. And I clicked a bit, and I got to a Lickalix page. And it's like, yay, this is awesome. I like this. So I just, uh, yeah, I sent them a letter. And after a few weeks, it got back to me. What did your letter say? Well, then, um, yeah, well, a bit of, about my study course and uh, who I am. And then I really love to work with food. It's, it's my one true big passion. I love it. And, yeah, I like to be really creative. But also, I really take my responsibilities. Yeah, like, I can work seriously. Yeah, and I really want to work for them. And uh, I really thought it was cool to make some great new flavors. It's really cool to go into a store and see Lickalix there and like, hey, I made that lolly. That's awesome. And that's really, yeah. And it's really good to see how you get from a small, from an idea to like one lolly. And what yeah. about seeing someone eating your lolly? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been to a lot of events and it's really cool to just stand there like being incognito and see somebody get a lolly and like, mm, this is really good. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Would you ever want to go up to them and be like, Hi, I'm the lolliologist. <laughs> well, we'd be very modest. <laughs> well, everybody works really hard, so like they got all of them good ideas and yeah, that's really great. We had some we had a um, event where we made a bit of kind of crazy flavours, but they turned out really good. So like uh, sweet corn with a bit of salt. It's really insane, it sounds crazy, but it was really good actually. Like you maybe not order it and eat a whole lolly, but for the event it was really great and really awesome to try it. So, you were telling me about the salted sweet corn lolly. Oh yes. And I want to know more about that. Yeah, yeah, well it's, it's kind of a crazy thing to try out. It's just basically a lot of sweet corn, like smashed up together, mixed it, a bit of salt in it, some sugar. And that's it. And that's, that's basically it. it. Yeah. And so, how on earth do you think that sweet corn is going to be a good lolly? How how well, do you come up like, with that idea? Corn is great. Like, put it on the barbecue, and like, it's really good with some butter and salt. Like, a lot of sea salt. It's the best combination, salt and sweet. So yeah, that's how we came up with it. Like, basically, seeing inspiration and everything, and just try it. Talk about your story. Oh, where do I start? Um, maybe what was the question? <laughs> Have you not heard about this? No. Oh, okay, I'll go into it. I just couldn't care less. Don't worry, I completely agree with you. Um, oh, that's actually, that's a weird one. What am I going to say? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really judgmental, isn't it? And basically, that pretty much sums it up. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Odium.me. 